Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, November 24th. At a huge trial, like the ongoing Elizabeth Holmes trial in San Jose, this is the scene the world sees. The circus outside. Dozens of photojournalists, spectators hoping to catch a glimpse of the famous defendant or witness. Supporters and haters might be on hand with signs or chants. But inside, especially at federal trials where cameras and audio equipment are almost never allowed, it's a much different scene. A low murmur is about as loud as it gets. And then the judge takes the bench, gavels court in session, and silence. And this is when Vicki Berenger goes to work. She's the courtroom artist, and during most high-profile trials, it's her rendition of that day's activity that's recorded for history and is the only view we the public will get inside the courtroom during these history-making trials. Vicki's had a front-row seat to history as the eyes for the world to see what was happening in some of the most significant trials to take place in modern times. The ghost ship warehouse fire in 2019, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski in 1996, the Golden State Killer, as recent as 2018, Scott Peterson, Richard Allen Davis, Michael Jackson, the 2009 BART shooting, Barry Bonds in 2011, Prop 8 in 2010, on and on we go. That's why she's here at the Elizabeth Holmes trial. A trial this big requires the best. I get a chance to catch up with Vicki Berenger, who is the courtroom artist here at the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Thanks for giving me a couple minutes of your time. It's, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. It's great being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So I saw you working out here. We're outside. We're outside of the courthouse. The TV crews are, are tearing down, and you were out here working. Pre- you were busy. You were working pretty frantically. And just kind of take me through like how you do your work. So you were in there in the trial today, but we're doing your work out here afterwards, right? Exactly. Yes. And I'm glad that I've got a bench to sit on and not the ground. <laughs> so some courthouses aren't that accommodating, really. Well, they're all different. You have to find amenities. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. You've got to find a place to be. I would have thought that that's something you guys were doing the entire time during the the proceedings, like during the actual trial. And then when it was the you know, court was finished for the day, so were you, but evidently not. So kind of take me through like what what a day in court looks like for you. Well, first of all, most of the time I am working in the courtroom, but today was a short day, but everybody still wants the same amount of sketches. So I just had to finish them outside of the courtroom. And so my day is I, I get my seat and sit down and do see the scene in front of me and decide basically what I want to sketch. And I, I just do little quick sketches in pencil and kind of move people around, decide what's happening in the courtroom, 
where the emotion is. And sometimes while I'm doing this, things change. And then I have to change, get the eraser out and do it again. And then I just slowly just start finishing it off. I work in pen and ink and watercolor. And then I, I do the, the, water, the pen and ink and then I fill in with the watercolors. And it takes a little while, but not that long because everything has to be fast, fast, fast. It's like I have deadlines and everybody needs these sketches as soon as possible. And so you're, you're getting these out to, is it primarily uh, television outlets, uh, especially national media that wants them? Um, broad, yes, television outlets, uh, networks, local mm-hmm. television, and then also some print. So how long have you been doing this? 31 years. Wow. I have to admit, I got you, you were kind enough to hand me your business card when you were working, and we talked about coming and, and having a conversation once you'd finished up your work. You know what the first thing that stood out to me about your business card? It's not the, the artwork on your business card. It's the fact that you have the domain name, <laughs> courtroomartist.com. How many hundreds of courtroom artists out there would pay good money to have that? And you obviously were the first. Uh, apparently, yes. I know. I uh, made it a priority that year to to get a good domain name, and and I lucked out. It was way in the beginning. I don't, I don't know, two thousand. Yeah, ninety nine. I don't know. Right. It was maybe in the nineties. I can't remember, but yeah. So thirty one years, you said. Yes. How did you How do you get into this? How do you know that this is something that that you're going to be able to do with all of the things you just told me about the things like deadlines and having to adjust to different events in the courtroom? How do you know that this is something where you're going to be able to be at the pinnacle of your profession and do trials like the Elizabeth Holmes trial? I don't know how somebody else would know, but I know that there was a set of magical circumstances that came together in just the right way where I absolutely knew this is for me. It was it was it was pretty magical actually. What were they? Well, I was an art student and um, I had a neighbor come up to me and say, "Hey, you should be a courtroom artist." And then two weeks later, my teacher said the same thing, uh, my art teacher. And then uh, two weeks later, um, a friend of mine came to me and said, Vicki, you've got to call the local CBS station. They need a courtroom artist for this, uh, for the um, Dorothea Puente trial in Sacramento coming up. And unfortunately, the person had passed away. And they needed somebody right away. And so I got an interview the next day, showed him some of my sketches. And he says, well, let me see how fast you are, because it's all about speed. And and then he says, well, I would like uh, for you to start tomorrow. But here's the thing. It has to be in pen and ink and watercolor. Well, I was taking a pen and ink class, and I was taking a watercolor class. (laughs) And if it had been six months earlier, I don't know if I could have done it. Yeah, and so... Like an early early grad school for you at that point. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And so then I went to court the next day and felt like, oh, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. You loved it right away. Oh, yeah, it just felt like... It just felt right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea how somebody else would get into it. And doors just kept opening, opening. You know, I was in the flow. Mm -hmm. So... So it's it's freelance work, right? Like here at the Elizabeth Holmstra. How do you... How do you get the cases that you're assigned to work? A lot of it is research that I do. I pay attention to the news and I pay attention to what trials are coming up. And and I have friends that let me know. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I find out. You live in Northern California? Right. 
So you probably have an extensive network at, at this point where, you know, they know this trial is coming up here in San Jose, so they know who to call when, when they're booking out who to get for the, the courtroom artist. Um, would you say that you're probably one of the, the go-to people in terms of like the courtroom artists for, for big trials like this one here in, in Northern California? Yes, in Northern California. I would be that. I would be that person, yeah. that main person. That's great. Yeah. What, uh, what other case, uh, cases or, or trials, we're talk- the biggies, have you worked on? Well, let's see. Going way back, the Unabomber. No way. Yeah, Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, but it did turn out not to be a trial. Uh, he uh, pled guilty. I can envision those drawings in my head right now. As we, <laughs> that is crazy. That's so cool. Okay, Unabomber. Who else? Yeah, um, okay. Um, let's see. Barry Bonds. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Balco. That's. Um, Proposition 8, the same-sex marriage trial, uh, lots of Apple Samsungs, mm-hmm. and Scott Peterson, that was six months worth. Wow. <laughs> I got a few months off, and then Michael Jackson, down in 2005, his child molestation trial. My goodness. Yeah, and uh, let's see. There's been, oh, Richard Allen Davis, way back, polyclass, let's see. Um there's oh um, just recently the Epic versus Apple mm-hmm. um, trial in Oakland. So this is this is amazing. You've had a front row seat in to, to history in, in a lot of cases. Certainly, some of the the biggest trials. We're not not Northern California, not California, not West. I mean, in the country, in the world. I mean, right. do you ever have those moments where you maybe when it's the trial is over and you're not working these these long days and. You get to step back just for a second and think, oh, my goodness, what did I just witness? This is remarkable. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do? Yeah, especially when I was sitting in the jury box because it was a bench trial. The Proposition 8, the same-sex marriage trial, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. They're changing everything right here. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of gives me goosebumps. And then all these other trials, you know, there's, like, laws that came out of the— right out of the verdicts on these and, um, you know, really helped a lot of people in the future, you know. Wow, this is crazy. This is so cool. Tell me just a little bit about the the work itself. For example, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Elizabeth Holmes, very almost iconic look, a a very signature look with the the eyes, those, those very large, penetrating, bright, deep blue eyes, right? What's it like when you know you've got someone who's got such an identifiable, identifiable characteristic? Uh, Michael Jackson comes to mind, obviously. Barry Bonds comes to mind, obviously. Ted Kaczynski, right? Uh, is that something that you're thinking of kind of first and foremost when you're planning out what it is that you're going to be putting on paper that day? Or is it really more about the entire scene in the courtroom? Well, with somebody who is like the defendant and a celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, she's the main focus. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I do everything I can to get it to look like her. And then after that, the main, you know, the attorney and what else is happening in the courtroom, what's on the exhibit, um, exhibit screen. And um, that's what I that's what I'm going for. But when it's just an average witness, I look at everything. And of course, I want to make it look like them. But they're not a celebrity. Yeah. Or maybe they are, <laughs> which makes it harder. But yeah. Um, but when you've got you know a celebrity who's at the the center of 
of what you're you're putting on paper, like Elizabeth Holmes here, then you've got to add the context of perhaps the the look on a, a questioner's face, right? Oh, or the other things like. So how do you how do you go about uh, you know bringing all of that together, right? So Elizabeth stands out with the bright blue eyes, but if there's just this look of you know, exacerbation on a, on, a, on a prosecutor's face that you have to catch, or there's something that just, you know, is such a huge part of the storyline on an exhibit um, easel, for example. You've got to get all that together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of it is composition and how to put it together and knowing where uh, on the television screen mm-hmm. what they're going to see mm-hmm. and what they're going to go for some close-ups on. And, and such. That's just a skill of doing, thing, doing this for a while. And I put things together that aren't as close, mm. you know, so that, uh, you know, the screen is in the same frame as the witness. And the, gotcha. But sometimes it's not. It may not look like that exactly right. in courtroom, but it's right. just a this different scale, if you will. Right. In this, in this case, it's so small mm. that I couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. You, with a camera, you couldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's some of the hardest ones you've had to draw? People. Uh, right now, I'm thinking Elizabeth Holmes. Really? <laughs> She's really pretty, and you know, wrinkle lines, no character lines, but she has a distinctive look, yeah. and those eyes are amazing. Um, let's see. Scott Peterson was pretty hard too, partially because I can only see one quarter of his head. From where? From your seat? Or his face? Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting in the fifth row and just very, very small. Are but, you usually in like behind the defense and, and prosecution tables then? Yes, yeah. I try to get um, a diagonal look at the mm-hmm. defendant, but most of the time I don't get a choice of where I sit, and they basically tell me where to sit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I do the best I can with where I'm at. But yeah, this is pretty good, yeah. um, and mostly. Mostly with her, she's just too young and beautiful. And Scott Peterson was the same thing, just no wrinkles. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I need a character. <laughs> <laughs> I need beards. I need wrinkles. <laughs> so you need, you need the Unabomber. You need Ted oh Kaczynski, gosh. right? He was a dream to sketch. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. And then you just add that tweed jacket with the little elbow yeah. patches, and it's like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, that is crazy. I could ask you questions, uh... I could keep going, but uh, it's been a long day of work for you, so I will turn you loose. I really do appreciate This is a fun conversation. This is a really unexpected, very fun conversation. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I think it's fun, too. I, I, I could tell, and I love that, I, honestly. Good. Good. Me, too. Yeah. Uh, Vicki Berenger, again, courtroomartist.com. Vicki, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. This was fun. Definitely check out courtroomartist.com, Vicki's website. It features many of her drawings from many of the historic cases that she has covered over the years. And Vicki, thank you so much again for your time. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. I love meeting people who are so passionate about what they do, especially people who are at the very top of their field. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple or Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And every episode is on YouTube, on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. There's a link in the show notes, as well as a link to Vicki's website, courtroomartist.com. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. 
We'll chat with you again tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.